0: Welcome back to the Move More Podcast, powered by Omega Sports. Omega Sports is your neighborhood sports store. For well over 43 years, they've been helping North Carolinians move more, run more, and play more. Now that I'm in the mix, I'm going to help them squat more, lunge more, push, pull, lift more. You're always in good hands with the active play experts. Stop in their stores, shop online. they got a lot of good deals going on right now, and they got everything that you could possibly need to help yourself move. I am Dr. Scott Blanca, performance physical therapist here in Charlotte, North Carolina, better known as the Carolina Movement Doc. Find me on Instagram, find me on Facebook, I'm putting out a lot of good content and it's all for free and it's quality. All right? Today's episode or tonight's episode is focused on the older adult athlete. I cannot wait to talk to you about this, but before we go, man, I got to get pumped up. Yo DJ Cue my intro music. All right, now I'm ready to go. Now, before we get to the podcast and and the nitty gritty, I want to kind of give you some... Updates on the local community stuff that I'm going to be involved in. So first one, June 5th, Athletes for Autism at CrossFit CrossFit Mecklenburg. This is a fundraiser that benefits Autism Speaks of the Carolinas. Uh, It's a super low entry. It's to raise money for autism and the uh, autism awareness. We're going to get a solid workout in. In fact, we're going to get three solid workouts in. Um, and Then afterwards, as a group, as a community, we're going to go out and we're going to to have a few craft beers, right? Because we're in the right area. So if you're interested, go to ourextremegames.com and find the registration link or just get a hold of me and I can kind of guide you into the right spot. Also, October 2nd, October 2 of this year, Beers and Burpees. This is an incredibly huge charity event benefiting the CLT Foundation. If you guys don't know about Beers and Burpees, it is absolutely huge. It's an all-day party, all-day event. Yes, we work out. And of course, yeah, in, in true form, we have a few beers to boot. Uh, it is uh, an awesome time. So, if you're interested, hop on, grab a partner, grab a workout partner, even if it's just for fun, because that's what I'm doing it for. Beers and burpees. Check it out if you're in Charlotte, North Carolina. If you're in South Carolina, I don't care. You know, come on in. We'll have a good time. Today's topic the older adult athlete. Now, I'm going to kind of jump back and forth between the term older and veteran. Now, I prefer veteran because the, the term and the word, the adjective, or whatever. Old. That kind of has a negative connotation, and and, and historically we associate old or older with with weaker, slower, uh, you just just useless, if you will. And I hate that. Right? And it's 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 just like a societal terribleness, but what I would call it. Because when we say you know someone's old, we kind of picture them maybe in a wheelchair or they're just kind of like shuffling along. You know, they're big white shoes, maybe they're ears, and they're usually they're driving a Buick. Okay, stereotype. I know. But I'm saying that we associate old with weak, and we can't do that. And I refuse to do that. So I'm going to say veteran athletes, meaning they've been around for a while, they're tried and true, they have way more experiences than you and me, usually. And believe it or not, I would probably bet that they are they are stronger because, in my heart of hearts, I believe that there's such thing as old man strength. Shout out to my boy uh, Brian Richardson. He is the epitome of old man strength. This guy, I I tell you, if I ever break down into a ditch and I need my truck pulled out, I'm not calling it a tow truck. I'm calling Brian. This guy can lift a Buick. It's ridiculous. Okay. There is such thing as old man strength. So in order to kind of really break down the veteran adult athlete, we need to kind of decide, you know, how do we define athlete? You know, who's an athlete? Who becomes an athlete? So do we define it by age? God, I hope not. Do we define it by strength, by performance? You know, who's an athlete? So anybody that comes to see me for a Carolina Movement, Doc, is an athlete. It just kind of depends on what sport you are. If you want to move more, you want to perform more, even if you want to just, you know, be able to get up off the ground better, that's, maybe that's your performance. That's your sport. Your sport is, I want to get from the ground to standing position as fast as I can without pain. Good sport. Let me help you out with that. So now, boom, you're an athlete. So I, I think we should have a very vague, general idea of the term athlete. Now, anybody that sees me is an athlete. Anybody that wants to just move better is an athlete. And we really need to focus on the individuals where I'm going to kind of draw the line at 40. Everybody says 40 is over the hill, whatever that means. All right? We're all living longer, so maybe 60 is over the hill at this point. For the most part, the individuals I see are not the young guns. They're not the 20-something-year-olds. They're actually the, the 40s, the 50s, and the 60s. Um, and and that's okay because these guys are still in pretty darn good shape. In fact, the majority of them are in better shape than me. But I really think that I see most of these individuals because I think they're just sick of feeling pain. And they finally realize that, you know what, I don't really care about you know lifting too much more, but I just want to lift what I can. Without pain, or I I want to be able to last during this workout or during this run without so much pain. So I think they swallow their pride and they're more likely to do that than the young guns who just want to be the fire breathers of the world. And I also think that there has to be less time for our veteran athletes with training versus recovery. So that ratio of training to recovery has to kind of have a little bit of a shift as we start to progress along our chronological timeline of life. All right, kind of tiptoeing around that. OLD word, right? So about, I would say about 60% of the people I see in the clinic are what we call the masters athletes. So veteran, masters, whatever you want to call them. These are the guys that I can kind of relate to. Because personally, I, uh, I'm i going to tell you a little bit about myself. I am 35 years old. And I know some of you out there are going to kind of roll your eyes and say, well, you're young. Sure, I'm young, but I'm, I don't feel young sometimes, right? And lately, I've been needing to scale workouts like on the regular. And I, I'm and anybody that knows me knows that I have a very, very competitive nature about me. And I don't like to admit when I can't do something, but lately I've been perfectly okay with it. So I've been decreasing some of the weights. Sometimes I leave a movement out that I know I'm j- it's just not going to agree with my body. So it's that kind of swallowing my pride that leads me to believe that maybe I'm venturing down the veteran slash master's athlete to the world. And I'm okay with that because I'm still performing very, very well. But it's easy to say that, you know, I, I, I I just can't keep up with these twenty-something year olds, and that's a tough pill to swallow. But you know, it's getting a little bit easier nowadays. Right? So I get a lot of not not negative feedback, but I get a lot of slack from some of the individuals that I've I've conversed with about you know the the veteran athletes. You know, how come I'm pushing them so much? You know, should I be doing that? And I, I always respond with something very simple. And I made a post about this in the past. I say age and decrepitude. Are not synonymous. Stop, rewind, play. Let's repeat that. Age and decrepitude are not synonymous. So just because you are getting up there in years gives you no reason that you can't do something. You should not stop doing something that makes you happy, all right? As long as you manage your pain, listen to your body, and really kind of focus on what may be going wrong and what's going right, it's better managed that way. All right. So it's easy to say that you know, if this hurts, stop doing what hurts. I think that's garbage, to be honest with you. I think if this hurts, I think you'll find out why it hurts, correct it, and then continue on so it does not hurt. So that's where I kind of step in, right? I think some of it is when we go back and it's not like everybody has a medical degree, all right? No one went to medical school, chiropractor school, PT school. So you don't realize what a lot of us are capable of doing. So your first stop along the chain of health is your doctor's office, your primary care physician. And they're going to give you x-rays more than likely, and then they're going to slap you with this diagnosis of arthritis, and that arthritis diagnosis that goes with you everywhere you go in your medical file. And I hate that because arthritis is such a debilitating term. Because I can't tell you how many people say, "Well, I can't do this. I can't go to work because I have arthritis." I can't deadlift because I have arthritis. You know, I can't push this open because I have arthritis. And what we have to understand is arthritis literally means joint inflammation. It's a Latin term. Joint inflammation. Introduce me to somebody that does not have some form of arthritis. I want to shake their hand because it is probably few and far between. Now, arthritis can be symptomatic or not symptomatic, but I'll tell you right now, I'm probably I'm probably riddled with arthritis, but I'm not symptomatic because I'm able to manage it well. But what tends to happen is you go to the doctor, you get this these x-rays, you know, they see the joint spaces are narrowing. Great, good. I think that's more age-related changes and proof that you've been a human being and an active human being for the majority of your life. Congratulations. You have normal changes in your body, keep going, just manage it well. But instead, they're told to stop. Just stop. Oh my goodness. All right. Anybody that reads the front of my shirts on a daily basis, it doesn't say stop. It says move, the complete opposite of what their medical advice is. I can't have that because let's face it, anybody out there who is an athlete, an elite athlete, a novice athlete, somebody who's trying to get back into it or even start it, Once people get the bug of movement, maybe they just bought their first pair of running shoes and they ran their first 5k. They felt that high. They got the community. All of a sudden, they're part of this kind of fitness group. And now they have a diagnosis of arthritis and their doctor says, stop running. Bad news. I'll tell you this right now, speaking from experience on both ends of the spectrum as an athlete and as a medical professional, if you tell a runner to stop running They will give you the proverbial middle finger that we're going to find some other provider that helps them run. If you are treating a lifter and you tell them to just stop lifting and find another sport, they will do the same thing. You cannot stop people from moving. So it's our responsibility as medical professionals and for myself as a movement specialist to make sure that you move well without pain. Find out what's going on. Understand that arthritis, okay, it's it's not going to ruin you. In fact, we can kind of manage it very well and we can manage it the rest of our life. There are proven techniques. One of them, quote unquote, strength, go figure. And we'll talk about some of the research in just a moment. Okay. But I will never tell anybody to stop moving unless it's absolutely contraindicated. All right. There are some, st- there are some instances where I got to say, all right, bro, okay, maybe don't do this. All right. Cause that's just stupid, really. And then we'll talk about it and then we'll realize, okay, maybe you're right. But we're going to move in certain ways to kind of tiptoe around it, address it, tiptoe around it, and make sure that you're actually moving well with what you want to do. This is why people see me, and I, I believe that, and that's what I've been told. Because I have this rapport that you know, I think arthritis is a is a term that really kind of tears people down, and I promote movement. I kind of break down the fear barrier. I I decrease some of their apprehension to movement because a lot of times people say, you know, I'm just scared to do that because I don't know what to do. I wasn't giving any instructions other than. Uh, stop doing what you're doing. Here's a packet of three exercises with very vague terms and crappy pictures. I'm sure if you do this packet for the rest of your life, you'll be okay. No, that's not how you do it. You see somebody who's a professional who can analyze your movement and boom, you can get back to doing what you're doing in four to six weeks, maybe depending on what you, what's going on. Okay? But just because you're getting up there in age does not give you a reason to stop doing what you love and stop moving. It is way easier to manage issues pertaining to moving more versus issues pertaining to moving less. I can, I can easily manage more movement. It's tough to get people off the couch and kind of promote movement in their life when they have that sedentary lifestyle too. It's very tough. But let's get back to the topic at hand. The, the veteran individual who is constantly on the move. And just recently with this whole pandemic garbage that's going on, we've seen a giant influx. And it's, it's, it's been growing over the years, but just recently, this exponential incline of individuals entering the gym of ages 40, 50, 60. All right. Yes, they might be novice, but they have this enthusiasm about them. We've seen this giant increase in individuals take in running groups and in cycling groups of individuals 40, 50, 60, these veterans, these masters athletes. And I cannot be more thrilled with that because that will lead to so much more benefit in their life that they don't even realize because I don't necessarily... I care. I care about, you know, I want you to run faster. Yes, I care about, I want you to lift more. But the big picture, guys, all right? And this is speaking from experience now that I'm a new dad of one year. God bless her. You know, I'm doing right. She's still living. Awesome. All right. But ultimately, later in life, I want to be able to move my kids into college. You need a help carrying a couch? All right, grab the other side. Let's go. Okay, you want to go. You want to go grocery shopping. Cool. Well, we're going to do this in one trip. All right. So I'm a former farmer. Carry all seventy six bags in both hands. I'm going to do it without without any issue. All right. And then when my kids have kids, I want to be able to get down on the ground and back off the ground and carry my grandchildren without pain, without difficulty, or any assistance. So this is preparation for life. All right. Movement is preparation for life and quality of life throughout the entire time. The goal, the end goal, guys. And I don't think anybody's going to argue with me is I want you to die as young as possible, as late as possible. Think about that. As young as possible, as late as possible. I don't want you to fall into this this giant decline of decrepitude where you're bedridden. That's not a good quality of life. I want to be on the move until the day I die, guys. That's just personally speaking. So the gym, we see a lot, lot more individuals, 40, 50s, the running population. We call these the masters. We are preparing them for life. And if this speaks to you, if you're listening to this in your car or or in the house when you're meal prepping, if this speaks to you, and I really, really hope it does, understand that I am on your side and you're not the only one. In fact, you are a part of the vast majority of these masters, these veteran athletes. And I don't care where you fall on the fitness spectrum, all right? If you're novice, if you're an elite, if you're somewhere in the middle, just trying to find your way, we're still preparing you for life. And that's where I come in, guys. So if you need help with that, you're going to reach out to me. We're going to find through it together, right? So, but, but it's easy for me to say, all right. So I'm kind of babbling on about yes, it's it's okay to be old-ish, okay? I said the old word, my bad, okay. But you know, what does research say? We have to back this up with some sort of objective measurements, okay? So let's look at some of the research, right? 2004 study in the Journal of Gerontology studied the uh, the effects of progressive resisted training on the older adults, and what they found was that strength training. And it doesn't really matter where you go, as long as it's appropriately loaded, actually improves overall strength and gait speed. How sweet is that, actually? Okay. So, when we get up there in age, right, things don't technically need to slow down. If we strength train, we can actually increase our speed. We can increase how well we move, how fast we move just by strength training alone. That's what this study kind of says. And that speaks to this certain principle we have in the therapy world called this SAID principle S A I D, specific adaptations for imposed demands, meaning, if we ask your body to get stronger, doesn't matter how old you are, you're going to get stronger. If we, of course, it goes on the opposite. If we ask your body to get weaker, it'll get weaker. So it goes both ways. So if we ask your body to, to move longer, move faster, push harder, your body will respond. Yes, I know the veteran athlete may not respond as fast as a 20 year old, but it still will respond. In fact, in 2010, in the Clinical Geriatric Medicine Journal, uh, there's a study of of strength training in older adults and the benefits as it pertains to osteoarthritis. There's that arthritis word again, okay? There's eight randomized controlled trials in this kind of systematic review. And I love this study because it draws in a whole slew of other studies that are very, very valid, okay, and reliable. And it draws conclusion based on the findings of all eight of these. And what it found was improvements in lower extremity extensor strength improvements in overall function and significant pain reduction. So this study in 2010, I know it's, you know, 11 years ago and that's fine, but it's a good study that says strength training reduces pain, makes you move more, makes you stronger. In my book, that's, that's, that's your trifecta guys. Sweet. In fact, this study even goes on to say that clinicians should encourage participation of exercise training, even in the oldest of old adults with osteoarthritis. So this study says it doesn't really matter how old you are, do it, but do it well. And I couldn't agree more with that. Now, guys, it's it's easy for me to kind of go on. I'm 35 years old. I'm still, I would consider myself on the younger side, even though my body kind of disagrees with me. But the best way to kind of do this is to converse with somebody who has this experience, who is considered a, a master's athlete. And w- when this topic was brought up, and I, I thought this topic was great because I think it speaks to about 90% of the individuals that are probably listening to this. The first person that came to mind was my buddy Thomas Clark. And I'm going to introduce Thomas to you right now. If you guys, if anybody knows Thomas, which uh, a few of you probably do, many of you don't, probably one of the strongest individuals I've ever met in my entire life also the nicest. So we're going to get Tom on the line. Thomas, where are you at, my man?
1: I'm sorry. Somebody calling for me. Is there <laughs> somebody here? There somebody say that. Am I supposed to talk into this day?
0: I think so. I think okay, so. Yeah, I, I'm,
1: it, I'm, 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 I'm here. I'm just playing with you. <laughs> what up, Scott? How you doing, <laughs> well, man?
0: Not too bad, my <laughs> man, Thomas. If y'all didn't figure this out already, Thomas also has quite the personality on him, too. So if you're ever around him, you're going to laugh probably 90% of the time. So, Thomas, uh, just I just want you to go, uh, just introduce yourself to, my, to our list. I want you to kind of just, you know, give us a little bit of a backstory about you, your fitness journey, and where you're at right now. Go ahead, my man. I shall do that, and I shall do it well. Well, I'll try. <laughs> my name
1: is Thomas Clark. I'm down here in the Charlotte area as well. Background-wise, uh, I grew up in the military, Air Force. So I did, uh, you know, we traveled around a lot. My dad was a pilot in the U.S. military, a B-52 pilot, actually. And so we've been here and there and everywhere. I did most of my growing up in upstate New York. And then uh, that's where my athletic career started. And I was a track and field athlete. Pretty quick, pretty fast. And uh, I was full full of a lot of power. And they wanted me to play football, but the ball kept bouncing off my face and my hands. So that didn't quite work out. So it was just like, all you do is just run straight and run as fast as you can. Uh so that's 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 where my athletic background came into view and I that's how I went to school actually uh college was uh I was noticed and then it was one of those dude this guy's fast let's uh give him some uh, stuff here to come to school and, and do that kind of thing. And uh after school I I have a degree in mathematics uh but I can't stand math but I get into that in a little bit. I came moved down here I was actually going to be a teacher and that didn't uh, I didn't once I got down here to the North Carolina area, at the time, uh, you'll find out at my age in a second, it just wasn't the thing that I wanted to do when I got down here. So I went to another uh, another venue. And then family-wise, I met my wife, Mary. Y'all that know me know Mary. Uh, she's the one that got me into doing what I'm doing because, believe it or not, being in athletics, I sort of got sick of it. And, you know, you, you'll meet a lot of athletes that Sort of grew up in the athletic world that sort of get away from it a little bit, I guess you could say, because we don't know what it's like on the other side of not doing anything. And so once you get in that, it's it's, it's an easy hole to fall into. And we'll get into that in a little bit too. So we're married. We've been married for what, it'd be 17 years this year? I better get that right. <laughs> Just forget it once. That's all yeah, you got to do. Is forget it one yeah. time. Forget it one time. And that's all <laughs> I get. Uh, 17 years. We've been together for like over 20. We have three. We have three girls. I am surrounded by females. uh, uh, All three of them will be teenagers. One of them is a teenager. and The other two, they're identical twins. They will be teenagers in a few weeks. So I'm going to have three teen girls, and I have to stay in shape because of that.
0: And I have to keep the boys away, you know. Oh, for sure. Yeah, we were all boys at one time or another, so we know what's going
1: on. Yes, we were. I hear you. Yes, and if I can't run them down in the street, (laughs) anyway. (laughs) <laughs> I got to be strong enough to throw a rock at him. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so, so that's that's pretty much my basic background on things, but I got the reason I got back into athletics was because of my wife Mary. I was I'm one of those guys that uh, thought he was going to be athletic his entire life, you know. And I got that one thing from the doctor that said you're not in your 20s anymore. And I was sort of like, what, what, "What are you talking?" He goes, "You can't eat the way you're eating. You can't do this the way you're eating. You can't you can't do this with the lifestyle that you have anymore because your metabolism is not there. And if you don't slow down, you're going to be a statistic." And I was like, "Oh, okay." And I'll give you an example. My cholesterol level got up to 240. Boom. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Ugh. All right. And uh, so I did everything I could. You know. You know. And the first thing that the medical professional said was. We have a pill that can fix that. And I said, mm. I'm not taking any pills. That was no, my man. first response. I said, look, I got myself into this situation. I can get myself out of the situation. I know what I need to do to change it. And so that's what I did. And then what I was doing wasn't working. And so Mary said, look, and she handed me this Groupon. Now I work out, for those that know me, I work out at a CrossFit wreckage right here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I started at a conventional gym and that didn't quite work out because it was just sort of, first off, you had to fight over the equipment. Second off, there were too many mirrors in there. Third off, there were too many people with phones trying to take pictures. Fourth, people were watching other people. It was more like a fashion show rather than why are you here? And that wasn't working for me. So I got into, you know, trying to do all different kinds of things. I tried to get back into the running thing and I was like, okay, I'm going to do the running thing. That still wasn't working. It still wasn't working well. So Mary handed me this thing. It's called a Groupon. And she goes, you're going. And I said, what is this? And she said, it's CrossFit. I said, nope, nope. I've watched YouTube videos too. I've seen all that stuff. Yeah, Yeah, That's everyone's first reaction to that
0: CrossFit term. Everyone's first reaction until they try it.
1: Yep, yep, yep. And I said, nope, nope. I've seen the videos. I'm not doing that stuff. That stuff is dangerous. That was my first response. And she goes, I don't care. You're going. (laughs) <laughs> so I went and I fell in love with it. And that's pretty much uh, you know the, the history of that. I fell in love with it, and it, it it's not one of those things where you get hurt. It was just one of those things like this is what I need. So let's talk age. Tell you how old I am
0: now. Yes. I, I gotta ask, yeah. You, you, you gotta start with this question. I'm gonna if I'm gonna do a, a whole episode on the, the veteran or the masters athlete. I gotta ask, Thomas, how old are you? I am 50. 50. Five zero. Gosh, dog. So 50, that qualifies you officially as a veteran slash master's athlete. Is that correct? That is correct. All right. Good deal. So at least we're talking to the right person. We're in the right clientele and demographic. Good. Just briefly, Thomas, just talk to me about uh, like your training regimen. What kind of movements do you do, exercise would you say that you would do on a weekly basis? Can I just touch upon that for me, please?
1: Yeah, no problem at all. Let's see. Weekly training, I probably train four to five days a week. Now, it's not a hard train four to five days a week, but it's training four to five days a week. Uh, for movement-wise, I do a lot of squats, a lot of push-ups, a lot of pull-ups. When it comes to barbell work, I, I love cleans. I just love yeah. cleans. So whether they're heavy or they're light cleans, and, and heavy is, a, is, is not a term. Heavy is what the person finds heavy. you know. Mm-hmm. So a heavy clean for me could be 135. A heavy right. clean for me could be 95. It all depends on what's going on in the workout. Mm-hmm. You know, a heavy clean could be 185. Depends on how, you know, if it's, what's the workout is. So I like to do cleans. I really like cleans. And I I will be honest with you. I don't like running.
0: No. no.
1: I'm a track and field athlete, retired.
0: Go figure, right?
1: But <laughs> I ran all my life. So it's not something that, you know, it's like, hey, I like, you know, but, uh, you know, but I do hey, do it. I actually hey. did it. I did it tonight. I did it did tonight. Did you really? Yes. Mary, oh, pro- Mary programmed a workout that had a mile of running in it. And I just looked at her, and she goes, "Yeah." I was like, oh, "Okay, mm-hmm. fine.
0: Okay, fine." I like Mary's style. gosh, gosh <laughs> dog, Thomas. Mary, she, she is, she is, no joke. She's just, she doesn't take any crap from anybody, including you or me. That's right. And she just kind of puts her head down that's and right. goes. So she wants me God to God bless all time. those strong women out there. I'm married to one myself. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. She wants me to live a long time, so I do what she says me to do because she's she's been right up. She's been right the whole time anyway. So that's my weekly, you know, training resume. Now I don't, you know, go at it 100 every single time. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it's literally, let's just work out. You, know, right. you just got to get
0: it in, right? Just got to get it in, okay? I'm not looking to train. I just want to work out. I got to move. I just feel better when I move. Is that, cur- is that correct? That is, I mean, that's 1,000% correct. I mean, get just
1: get your blood pressure, uh, get your heartbeat rate up just for a little. It doesn't mean you have to fall on the floor and like, I can't breathe. I'm dying, you know, on the floor. I'm rolling around in pain. No, it just means just move around a little bit. Get your heart rate up. Get some fast breath and feel, break a sweat and feel good about what you're doing
0: absolutely so, yeah. and I totally agree I totally agree so I, I know you touched about your track and field star and I, I just want to again of uh, remove the stereotype of the 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 tall and lanky kind of you same bolt kind of kind of build just let's talk about numbers real quick okay i'm just gonna I'm gonna shoot out a bunch of questions at you as far as your max lifts just give give the listeners an idea of how strong you actually are Thomas okay so what is your deadlift PR Four, 495 and I'm waiting I'm waiting for the 500 when I need it. 495. That's like 200 more than me. Gosh, Doug, What 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 is your clean and jerk PR? Uh, 265. And I would call my jerk more like a push press. Push press. All right. <laughs> it, we just going to say shoulder to overhead. Yeah, there you now. go. That's what okay. I like to call the it. Jerk is a, is a okay. <laughs> How about this? Since you were a track and field star, talk to me about what is your 400 meter sprint PR as, want, as of late? As, as, of, as of late. Oh, Not in the past. Oh, I know it's probably come like 20 seconds.
1: On, on. All
0: right. The, I, I'm running 72s. Minute 12. That's wow. Wow. That is, that is stupid fast, to be honest with you. Okay. I can't even touch that, to be honest with you. So, so we are strong and we're still fast and we are 50 years old. Yeah. Is that, is that fair to say? That and I think generally, anybody who's listening to this, these numbers, they're probably like, wow, seriously? Okay. And I'll tell you this right now, even though Thomas is like, he is just a, an awesome physical specimen of fitness. And I'm not going to say for his age, I'm just going to say for a human being. Let's be honest, okay? For a human being, you are a stinking fit individual, all right? This is not uncommon to see. It's really not uncommon, and it's not unrealistic for this stuff to happen. When stuff is performed well, like a deadlift, like a clean jerk, it doesn't really matter as long as you're doing it well with good form under a watchful eye like myself. It can be done at heavy loads. You should lift heavy. All right. That, that's, that's what I preach all the time. Of course we can get in the, in the conversation of blood flow restriction, in which case lifting heavy, you don't really need to, but that's modality and a whole nother podcast and topic. But for now, in order to truly strength train, you got to lift heavy and Thomas lifts heavy period. So Thomas, let me ask you this. So since you put up all these numbers, pretty stinking heavy numbers that I can't even touch, how often would you say you are quote unquote injured, not sore, not legit sore from a workout. How often would you say you're injured? I'm not injured. Now here, And here's the thing. I think
1: in the five years that I've been doing this type of workout, I've been injured once. And I will tell you why. It was because I did it. Mm. I was being ridiculous because I had that mindset. Oh, when I was younger, I could do this. Right. And I seriously tried to do that. And my body said, now, hold on, you're not 20 anymore. And I said, wait, (laughs) you sound like the doctor I had a long time ago. Mm -hmm. No, but seriously, uh, for injury-wise, I did that to myself. And it wasn't because of anybody else's fault but my own. It was because I didn't warm up properly and I thought, you know what? I can stack that weight and do that. And my groin said, oh, no, you can't. Mm-mm. You can squat down, but you're not going to stand up with that on your back. <laughs> and that's the only time that I've been, quote unquote, injured. And I didn't really last, uh, you know, I didn't last too long. It wasn't a major. It, right. it was just a strain that was a warning, a warning shot. Right. But shots fired, but you listened to it, yeah, didn't you? I did. And that's, that's the cue about this whole thing is you have to listen to yourself. Your body will tell you when it's time, you know, you can't let your ego get in the way. And that's, that's, that's the biggest thing that we all as veteran athletes deal with is the fact that, but I used to, it's like, yeah. but you still can, but you can't do it like you did. Oh, absolutely.
0: You we know? all used to do something. I used right. to be a, uh, incredible, I don't say incredible, elite soccer player. Absolutely. Anywhere that I needed to put the ball in the field, I could do that. If I needed to sprint the entire length in the field, I could do that without even losing a breath, without losing a step. And I, with an amazing touch. I can't do that anymore. So tough. some of that is just, you know, swallowing that pill, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. You just, you just,
1: you listen to yourself and mm-hmm. you'll be perfectly fine. And when you say lift heavy, it's very true tonight for a weight component. I told Mary, I said, look, I want to bench press because I haven't done that in a while. Mm-hmm. And so I jumped up a 30 pound weight and she kind of looked at me like, you know, what are you doing with the weight? And I said, seriously, I said, when it gets heavier, a different group of muscles seems to activate. and it doesn't feel as heavy as it would if it was actually 30 pounds lighter. And it was, it pushed it right up. And it, she was like, really? I'm like, well, I'm serious. It's the heavier you get, the easier it seems. Now it's not something you just jump into, but it's just right. one of those, it was a different muscle activation. Right,
0: so right. yeah, lift heavy, yep. you feel better. You Absolutely. know, you feel better. Talk to me about that. How do you feel when you work out or or lift versus, let's say, for instance, you you go on vacation for two weeks and you don't work. How do you feel? I want I want uh, an idea of how you feel while you work out versus how you overall feel while you don't work out. What is your opinion, Thomas? When I work out, I feel great. I wake up the next day. I'm glad that
1: I did what I did. I might be sore, but hey, you know mm-hmm. what? A little bit of stretching and it's all gone. Walk around a little bit and it's all gone. Um, but I feel great. And I feel, you know, I get my uh, my heart rate up, the, the breathing is fast, and I feel really good. Nice. But when I don't work out, and, you know, that happens, you know, we all take breaks. When I don't work out, I feel sluggish. I feel like I need to take a shower almost. I just feel heavy, and I feel like, uh, And I literally feel like I need to work out to shake yeah. this off.
0: Right, right. And I did a post about this actually uh, maybe a couple of days ago. This I'm actually a better human when I move. I just feel better. I'm a better husband. I'm a better father. I'm a better person to be around. I'm a better therapist. I'm a better athlete. I'm just overall better when I move. And it doesn't have to be an extraneous amount. I just need to do something. Is that kind of what you feel too? Yeah, because if I don't, I'm grumpy. And then you don't, you know, <laughs> the grumpy
1: old man. I, are, are we <laughs> calling it the grumpy old veteran? You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah serious. I get grumpy if I don't move and actually do some type of form of exercise. I just feel like, Ugh. but with, you know,
0: once you've exercised and it's all done, I feel great. I am the same way. And I think a lot of our listeners were kind of, uh, well, it'll speak to them. And in, in that, you know, when they don't kind of, when they take like a week off and they get back to it, they just feel better. Even after that one workout, they feel stronger, they feel faster. They just feel better. And there, there's a lot of research that holds true to that, like a runner's high, a lifter's high. There's this whole wave of events, both yeah. mentally and, and physiologically, that just makes you just feel overall better. It's better than any drug on the market, to be honest with you. So Thomas, we've really kind of established, you know, how much of an athlete you were, how much an athlete you are, and are always going to continue to be. You give us a nice little background. We've seen some numbers. You know, I would say that you are probably a an expert in the veteran athlete field. I think everybody can kind of agree with me there, and I don't think anybody's going to argue with me. You can try, but you'd be wrong. So, I want to know what kind of advice. Okay, and this is speaking personally and professionally from from me to you. I just want to know. I want to pick your brain. What kind of advice? Would you give to a fellow veteran athlete who is maybe uh, like hesitant to get into the gym or maybe hesitant to, to buy their first pair of running shoes to kind of get running again, just to start moving? What advice would you give to that particular individual?
1: Well, what I would pretty much say, hesitation is your worst enemy. Hesitation is just another form of fear. And that's the reason people hesitate is because they're they're scared. They're scared to start over again. They're scared to find out where they are from where they were. And fear will keep you from, from doing a lot of things. Because so a lot of people are scared to jump out of the comfort zone. They don't want to step out of that comfort zone. I'm telling you, and from a, from a personal standpoint of view, it is easy to be lazy. It is oh. easy to be lazy. And that is... I wouldn't say it's the problem. That's probably a strong term, but it's easy to get into that comfort zone of doing nothing because it doesn't hurt. It feels good to sit there, but the results that you're going to get from doing nothing is not the results you actually want. So it's actually a, a fear factor. And once you get out of that fear, once you step out of that comfort zone, you're going to look back and go, why didn't I continue to do this a long time ago? I mean, I got into that laziness of, you know what? I'll do it tomorrow. You know what? I'll do it tomorrow. You know what? And tomorrow never comes. And that's a true statement because tomorrow will be today. And then you say tomorrow and it never gets here. And you always put it off. And the next thing you know, it's next week. And then it's next month. And people come up with excuses, you know? And so they're they're scared of failure. You're not going to fail. You can't be scared to fail anything. And failure is just another Form of excuse, you know, and you know, one thing I learned in college was excuses are monuments of nothing that (laughs) that build bridges to nowhere. So you are dropping quote after quote after quote, man. If you have provided provided me with (laughs) content
0: for the next two weeks, oh my goodness! (laughs) I'm just
1: saying, if you have an excuse, then you're gonna go nowhere. Okay. So there, you have you don't have an excuse. So it's just one of those. I mean, you don't even. It's not like you even have to go to a gym, dude. You can walk around your yard as fast as you can and work up a sweat and work up a heart rate. So there is no excuse. Oh, I don't have time. You got time to walk to your bedroom and back really fast. And how many times can you do that in? I don't know, two or three minutes. You know, there there is no excuse. There's no excuses. So I would just say a veteran to a veteran athlete, just do something. You know, you don't have to, don't, don't get on YouTube and start looking at all this stuff. Make your own plan. Do your own thing. You are your own person. You know you better than anybody else. So you need to do what is best for you. Best, but I can tell you that best for you is not sitting on the couch watching TV and doing absolutely nothing because in a month or two, you're going to wish that you would just moved around a little bit. I mean, us as veteran athletes, we don't have that metabolism that we used to have in our twenties and thirties. So we've got a slower metabolism. So we got to keep it going. We got to keep moving. You know, you know. It's just that's 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 how I see it.
0: The, and I cannot agree with you more, to be honest with you. And for me, you know, as I'm getting getting up there in age, because I used to be you know twenty something and I could push hard all day, every day, and then have to worry about recovery. But now. I really have to swallow my pride and realize that I'm only really kind of comparing myself to myself, and I'm no longer really kind of comparing myself to the next individual who is next to me, moving weight faster, moving weight heavier. I can't do that anymore. I have to swallow my pride and realize that you know I'm just here to stay fit. I'm here to be a fit individual, and I'm here to lead by example too. I want to move well, but I don't want to move stupid. Moving stupid leads to injury.
1: Yes. Yes. And that's why y'all are good coaches. <laughs> yes. Yes. You had to slip you, that in there, you, didn't you? Yes. yes didn't but you, you yes. don't let that happen. And you're one to stop somebody in the middle of it. Th- hey, stop. Mm. It, take the weight off. Take it off and do it right.
0: I've been known to do that. I'm yes. glad you brought that and there's up There's nothing
1: actually. wrong with that because you you can prevent injury. You know, it's just, you got you to gotta let the pride go, man. You got to let it go. I scale over at the box a lot. Sometimes, you know, I'm like, dude, I can't. I might be able to do that weight once, but I can't do that weight for five rounds. So I'm missing the point if I'm trying to keep up with these young kids. No, the point is I need to keep moving for me,
0: not for them.
1: Yes. Go ahead, Scott. Sorry, man.
0: (laughs) No, no, you're good, man. You're good. You got a lot of good insight and I absolutely love it. And you're living proof that age and decrepitude are seriously, they're not synonymous. So just because you're getting up there in age, it gives you no reason, gives you no excuse to you got you can't do something. In the words of Thomas Clark, you got to do something, all right? Exactly. And sometimes it's swallowing your pride and reaching out to a professional like me, and that's okay. Swallow your pride. Ask for help. Half of asking for help is the first step to moving better, moving more and moving without pain. And that's where I come in, guys. So honestly, if you've ever taken anything from this particular podcast, I just want you to, I want to leave you with this. Thomas and I, we want to lead you with, with this. Aging is really, it's a beautiful thing. It's experience. It's knowledge. It's wisdom, but it is completely up to you with how you choose to age. It is up to you. Now, do you want to age like a redwood or do you want to age like milk? The choice is yours. I'd prefer prefer to age like a redwood. I want to be strong, solid. I want to be strong in my stature. I don't want to fall into that decline spiral of crap of decrepitude. I refuse to do that, and I hope you're thinking the same thing that I am. Thomas, I want to thank you for being on the podcast. I really appreciate your input and your personality and everything that you had to kind of share with us and the rest of the world. So Thomas, from us, from Carolina Movement Doc, from Omega Sports, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate the invite. Thank you. Absolutely, my man. And just so you know, guys, Everything that's on this particular podcast is not the views of Omega Sports. It is of Carolina Movement Doc and my man, Thomas Clark. Woo-hoo. So this is 12 years of me sitting in the trenches, taking grenades, finding stuff out on my own and with the help of other colleagues. So if you have any other questions, concerns, or complaints, maybe leave the complaints out. I really don't want to hear them right now. But if you have anything that you want to add to the show, reach out at carolinamovementdoc.com. That's my website. Or reach out to me on social media, on Instagram, on Facebook. I am there. Find this podcast and any podcast platform, Spotify, iTunes, et cetera, and I want to hear from you, what you like, what you don't like, and if you want to be on the show, reach out to me. We'll pick a topic, we'll hash it out, and we'll make it as entertaining as we possibly can. So this is Dr. Scott Jablanc, a performance physical therapist, better known as the Carolina Movement Doc here in Charlotte, North Carolina. We are signing out with Thomas Clark. DJ, drop that music for us, please. Woohoo!